so the church let me borrow that wheelchair. I was able to manipulate that out of the car, push a 200-pound man around for a great deal of the day, <laughs> manipulate it back into the car, which is a big deal, you know, because with my RA and, you know, the condition of my body on a daily basis, that was a big deal. Mm -hmm. So praise the Lord for that. The they, they look like but they're heavy. Oh, yeah, especially when you're not what you used to be. <laughs> <laughs> Before by Good morning. Hello, Eva. It's so good to be here. In, in and out to the doctors. Oh, and those that. public oh, buildings with the incline, and you're pushing a 200-pound man up an incline. I'm like... This is uh, one of the softball players. Yes, five, he, he weighed five, five, ten ounces. Cool. Well, I got some praise. Camilla likes my aspect. <laughs> well, you look like you got a whole new makeover outfit today. Dress, hair. Doesn't she look extra pretty today? She, oh, she's extra, extra. I was thinking I was looking good all the time. <laughs> yeah, I told her her hair looked pretty, and she says, "Well, it usually you're saying it usually doesn't look pretty." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's trying to give me a hard time, wouldn't you? What a character! What a character! Let's see. Mm -hmm. I got. Why'd you put your hair back? It looks so pretty. Usually, usually only the men put their foot in their mouth like that, but every once in a while, I guess it spreads out to others. I pulled mine. I pulled mine back, and it came off. Well, praises, Mary. I just like to enjoy the rain. When the night, oh my God, that rain was pouring down. Oh, listen to this. I was planning to wash my car, and I didn't have to wash my car. I'm still like, oh my God, look at my car, it's so pretty. Yeah, Lisa, part, Lisa pulled hers out of the out of the carport so we could get power washed with the rain. Yep, yep, all good. Who else was back? Did I see another hand back there a minute ago? All right, Josh, go ahead. I want to praise the Lord. We got, uh, because of those storms out my backyard, there was some evenings that was just absolutely jaw-dropping gorgeous because of the way the light hit the clouds and stuff. I just want to praise the Lord. There was about two of them like that. There's three. Three nights. Unbelievable gorgeous in our backyard. So I want to praise the Lord for letting us see that. Amen, amen. Jerry. I had a pretty decent week at work this week. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Got my, got my yard mowed and edge, which I hadn't in a while. And I was able to squeeze it in in between the rain. So, praise the Lord for that. Yeah. Cool. Who else? Well, I will praise the Lord for one little thing. 
I'm usually very careful about which telling people how to not to use the knife and and so I was careless and and I didn't cut my finger off. It, it it's pretty deep, but no no stitches or anything like that needed. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't hold anything and come this way. You go the other way. Good morning, Glenn. We're in the middle of praises if you have one. Daryl has one, but. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm here. Thank God. Uh, I got, uh, oh, I don't know, several people lined up to round up. Amen. And uh, a couple of them, I told them it was today. <laughs> Well, two of them. I called two of them this morning that I told was today. And uh, both of them said, well, that's probably better next weekend for me anyway. But we still like to have you for church. We'll take an hour out of your day, right? Yeah. Well, we'll see you about next weekend. All right. Uh, well, yeah. A young man that uh, used to work for me that had the bad temper. I don't know if you remember. He's still calling me, asking me for prayers and called me crying his eyes out. So I talked to him for probably half an hour and prayed with him. And I passed my exit. And I'm driving down the road. You know, I got him on the speaker of the truck. So I prayed with him right there. So that was a blessing. We got a free meal, uh, Lisa and I, for listening to a presentation about insulation, the new NASA-inspired aluminum rolled out insulation. Real good stuff. And if I was a homeowner, I probably would have bought it. <laughs> But, uh, and then they had a door prize, and we won the door prize, which was another free meal at the Topwater Grill. So, praise the Lord, we got that. And uh, my big one, and not that one praise was bigger than the other, we love the Lord, but I have eradicated the unbeliever in the management of my shop. I had to get the unbeliever out of the picture. Okay. Morning. Gonna have to have her sooner or later. That's my praise. I'm here. I'm not. My back's hurting, but I made it. A little bit late. That's my praise too. That I'm here. Okay. All right. Praise the Lord for being a part of this church. Amen. I second that. I love this church and everybody in it. Amen. Yeah. Well, we didn't meet here. But he drove me here. No. No, he dropped me I here. I told her when we first started today, and I was going to get rid of her. I said, you know what? I'm going to be with a woman. She's going to go to church. And usually that gets rid of them. I don't mind going to church. It didn't get rid of me. I don't mind going to church. <laughs> yeah. So I got her through basic Bible truths, and she was, I guess we were dating about a year, and she was coming to this church. And I was standing up on the stage with Pastor one day, right around the stage. And she was on the other end of the, right over here in this hallway here. And I said, Pastor, I didn't want to ask that woman to marry me. Remember what she said? You better hurry up for somebody else does. <laughs> <laughs> Not soon after that, he married us. Well, I, I'll tell you what, yours has held up better than most of the marriages I've performed. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm batting any better than the world as far as marriages. That's why I tell people, that's not what I do. It's not part of my job. I will do it for members of the church 
that need the service, but and then they ask, and then after they'll ask me, well, what's it going to cost us? I say, I say, well, how, how long do you want it to last? Moving right along. Anyway. Yes. Speaking on marriages, um, praise God for 12 years with Josh tomorrow. Twelve years. Twelve years. Yeah, probably what, like thirty-five. Seems seems more like the way he hears. I'm thinking fifty. No, it doesn't seem like it's been that long. No, I know what you mean. Have guys when you love somebody. It does. Does that count as brownie points? No. I heard that time flies when you're having fun, so yeah, I don't, you too. know. Well, it's fun to love somebody. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. Well, most of the time it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> you get hurt the most by the ones you love. This is, yeah. this is degenerating quickly. <laughs> anybody else have a praise? All right. Lisa. Yeah. I'd like to praise the Lord for giving me help to get our tax stuff to the CPA. There you go. Hello, Vicki. Hello. Come on in, buddy. Waddle on in here. <laughs> That's what I do now. <laughs> All right. Anybody else? Miss Mary, you always got a phrase. Yes, of course. Praise time, Vicki. <laughs> <laughs> I know if you got a phrase. Um, well, Alexis, our granddaughter, is here with us, and we just had an awesome. Wait, God is amazing, and we still haven't caught the mouse, but we're getting closer. <laughs> My house is getting immaculately clean. I'm going to put a leash on him. Awesome. Okay, cool. Anyone else? Glenn. I can say a praise after my divorce. I found a nice, a really nice apartment in Oak Tree Village across from Silvernagle. It's over 55, and I'm learning to love it. I have a front yard, a backyard, and a huge oak tree in the backyard. And I'm, I'm just thankful that I furnished the whole place from Goodwill for like two or three hundred bucks. That's pretty amazing. I had to sell my Harley get the money to even get the place started. Well, that's another praise. Got rid of that thing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I need to be moving right now. There's too many of those, but the hardening's old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to John chapter 4 today. And John chapter 4 is one of the most amazing chapters in the Bible. You've got to feel sorry for John chapter 4. You know why? Because it has to follow John chapter 3. That's <laughs> like somebody who can't sing very well having to follow somebody else who's like one of the best servants there. No, no. But John chapter 4 is absolutely loaded with some of the most amazing blessings that you're ever going to learn from your Bible. So, are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard 
that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. We're going to stop right there and learn a couple of things before we go on further. It does not say that the Lord made more disciples than John. Probably did. But that's not what it says. It says, when Jesus knew, when the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. This was about what the Pharisees had heard. How did John get along with the Pharisees? Not well at all. Not well at all. How did Jesus get along with the Pharisees? He let them have it. Even worse. So, who did the Pharisees dislike the most? Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Because he blasphemed. He was God. Or they're concerned because he's gathering a larger following than John, and John already had. Well, they heard that he's gathering a larger following, which is true because. John's following is also Jesus' following. Because right. yeah. that's what John's here for. Prepare the way. In my uh, computer program that I use for prep, study prep, which is esword.net, edexword.net, if you're interested, one of the commentaries that pop up, that I have listed to pop up, is Matthew Henry's commentary which is pretty good insight on several things. But Matthew Henry is a die, was a diehard uh, pseudo-Catholic. And when people who believe in works start reading and studying their Bible, they come up with all sorts of weird stuff. And Matthew Henry is talking about uh, the sacraments which don't exist in the Bible. There's no such thing as a sacrament in the Bible. You ever heard of a sacrament? What is it? What's a sacrament? Isn't it one of their sayings? Or some kind of repetitive religious saying or something? The, a sacrament is something that is sacred if by definition it's not literally that but it's, uh, sacraments are the things that you must do to earn your salvation if you're a Catholic or if you're a Protestant that doesn't know any better or if Baptists are not Protestant by the way never have been yeah go ahead Jerry you said a Catholic that'd be Episcopalian wouldn't it pretty much <laughs> or Lutheran or Lutheran <laughs> Everything out there that calls himself a church is a spinoff of something, including us. We're a spinoff of the church that came before us, which came from the church before them, which came from the church before them, which all the way back to Jerusalem. And uh, that's what determines what a real church is and what and all the rest are what they are. The idea of sacraments is foreign to the Bible. There is no such thing in the Bible as a sacrament. 
There's one thing to do to be saved, and that is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That's it. But one of the things he got into was the fact that what was done here by Jesus' disciples was considered as done by Jesus. Which is a normal thing. I mean, you know, it's like I build a house. Well, I didn't drive all the nails. I didn't even draw the plans. I laid out the plan for the guy that I had to draw the plan, and then I contracted the various crews that necessary to build the place. But it is it it's still accurate to say I built a house. I'm the builder. Doesn't mean I did it all. And and he was using that reasoning here with Jesus. And he was saying that that which is done by his minister, by God's ministers, is counted as done by God. You can't get away with that. I know that the Lord put a certain authority in the church. but And all the sacraments have to do with the doctrine of a particular church. And there ain't no particular church going to have anything whatsoever to do in actuality of you getting to heaven. Our job is to teach you about the one who can get you to heaven, and that's Jesus. So it's a the picture of this is kind of skewed when it comes to the religious world. But uh, Jesus did not baptize people himself. He did not do, and John did. There was nobody else that we know of baptizing people where John was baptizing, making disciples. So that's kind of interesting. But anyway, what this is about is not about Jesus making more disciples than John. It's about when the Lord heard this either truth or rumor, whichever it was, doesn't say, that the Pharisees had heard this. This is what prompted him timing-wise, to leave Judea and depart into Galilee. How far is Judea from Galilee? 90 miles. 90 miles, 100 miles, yeah. In that area. He told me. Back during basic Bible series, we discussed it. But the, the most important aspect, I think, for us to notice today is the fact that he must needs go through Samaria. Must need. Nobody says that. I must needs pick up some groceries today. What's must needs mean? You must need something. He has to. <laughs> you must need something. <laughs> yeah. What did you say, Christine? Is that he has to. He must go because he needs to be there. Like Yeah, it's, it means, what it means is that It's necessary. It's necessary for him to go through Samaria. Is Samaria the best way to go from Judea to Galilee? No, no, it's far. Uh, it's, well, it's not farther. It's not further. It's actually slightly closer. What's the other way? Judea is straight below Galilee with a whole lot of rough country in the middle. And a whole lot of different kind of people living there. What were the different kind of people? 
It's right there. Who lives in Samaria? Samaritans. That's the different kind of people that live there. Samaritans, they have a reputation of being real sweet people and never bothering anybody and always helping everybody out, right? No. What's what's the reputation of the Samaritan? There's one Samaritan that you've heard about that has a good reputation. He's the good Samaritan. The good Samaritan. He may be the only one, but he was one. Samaritans don't really have a stellar reputation. Matter of fact, uh, going through Samaria was uh, not normally done because of what reason? Anybody know? Thieves, robbers, and outlaws of various sorts. Lots of them in Samaria. So, rather than go through Samaria, most travelers would uh, go from Jerusalem over up, you know, up over the mountain and down toward the Dead Sea, and then they'd follow the edge of the Dead Sea till they got to the Jordan River, and follow the Jordan River north couple river crossings and then back over into Galilee when they got to the north area. And that, that was there because, number one, it was not nearly as mountainous as far as rough travel, rough country. And two, it was a more traveled road, a lot less danger because there's more people around and at any rate, that would be the normal way. But Jesus went through Samaria it was necessary. Why was it necessary? Because he had talked to the well. He had someone that he had to see. Something like that. Uh, he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Uh, it wasn't about the well. It wasn't about the city necessarily. Well, it kind of was. But the point I want you to get today is that Jesus went to a lot of extra trouble to go through Samaria. And the reason he had to go through Samaria was there were people there who needed Jesus. And Luke 19 and verse number 10, Jesus reminds us when he's talking about going to see Jack Zacchaeus at his house, he's going to the house of this sinner tax collector because Zacchaeus needs salvation and it was his time. Jesus will go to any length to come find somebody who's ready to be saved. This woman was, uh, she didn't know she was ready, but Jesus knew she was ready. Eva didn't know she was ready. She didn't. She'll tell you. Yeah, I said, ask her. Did you know you were ready? No. She knew, some, she knew she needed something, but Jesus knew exactly what Eva needed. And, and he always arranges the appointment. There's not a person in here who found Jesus. Not one. But there's a whole mess of people in here that Jesus found. Well, did he find us? Or did he just 
when he knew when our heart was ready and he prepared our heart, you know, he didn't if, need to look and he knows everything. He knows we're ready. Jesus said, I have come to seek, look and for. And if he was looking for yeah. you and you got saved, then time. he must have found you. And he was lost. Yeah. And I was lost. That's why I was right. Yeah. And and he's and he's like he's never changed in that. He he has no he never will. Well yeah he will. Yeah. Because there's coming a day where there won't be anybody left to get saved. Heaven's going to get full. And I kind of I I haven't found a scripture that tells me this exactly, but I kind of I kind of suspect that when. That last person who takes up that last space available in New Jerusalem, I think that's probably the day we will rise to meet the Lord in the air. I don't know that for sure, but based on how I see him doing everything else, it kind of looks that way. He comes to this city of Sychar. Outside the city, there's a well. It's a famous well. It's called Jacob's Well. Uh, gave it to his son Joseph. Why? Why isn't it called Joseph's well? I, I don't know, but it, it's Jacob gave it to Joseph. But it says in the next verse that it's Jacob's well. Doesn't they call it theirs? How is it theirs? If the Samaritans aren't Jews. Didn't Jacob dig the well? Yep. He had it though. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. When's the sixth hour? Twelve. Twelve what? O'clock. Noon. Noon. You're right. It's noon. The, the sixth hour is also mentioned in Mark, and it was about the sixth hour. He's sitting on the edge of the well. It's It obviously has a wall around it and he's sitting there on the edge and there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water why is the woman coming at noon to draw water there was a lot of things said at once I heard one that was I heard one that was correct. She was an outcast for her moral Yeah, she was not a a model citizen of Sychar. Uh She and instead of fighting with everybody who got there first and wanted to chase her away, she just waited till everybody else got their water and left, and took her water pot and went on out to the well. And guess who she finds sitting there at the well? Now there is a there is a lot of speculation what color Jesus was. There's a bunch of people say all oh, he was black. A bunch of other people say all oh, he was white. Jesus was neither black or white. But the one thing I wanted to, want you to recognize is this Samaritan woman knew exactly what nationality, what culture, what genetic makeup Jesus was. 
there's a there's what's this Jew sitting on the well for? There's a Jew sitting on the well. She knew it immediately. Mark, Mike, go ahead. Uh, talk to women alone in that culture by themselves. Uh, yeah, that's well. Uh, I have a feeling this woman might have made an exception to that. Yeah. Once we learn a little more about her. <laughs> I'm just saying it was frowned upon in Jewish culture. Yeah, yeah. So there, it's the sixth hour. It's noon. There comes a woman of Samaria to draw water. <clears throat> Jesus saith unto her, "Give me to drink." I know he's. It's a statement, but it's really a question. Do you ever make a? Do you ever make a statement, but you're really asking a question? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's normal. It's not. It's not so unusual. But he's there alone. You're right about that. And his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy bacon. No, no, they were not. In Samaria, they might have found a store selling bacon. But no, it was to buy meat means simply means food. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew... She knew exactly what he was. He was a Jew. Ask us drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. The Jews taught, treated Samaritans the same as Gentiles. What were the Samaritans historically, culturally? Half Jew and half non. They were mixed. Which was a major violation in Jewish tradition. You don't do that. Jesus answered, "You you can't if if you read your New Testament and pay attention, you can't help but notice that Jesus never answers anybody with a straight answer, ever, ever. Did he? He he doesn't do it. Answer your question with a question." You may ask why I teach the way I teach. I don't normally give you answers. I normally ask you other questions. I got that from watching somebody else do it. It wasn't my idea, but it works better. Jesus said, if you knew what you were doing, no, that's what I would have said, no. Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God, what is the gift of God? Yeah, it's everlasting life. And who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. Arguing with Jesus. <laughs> That's what she's doing. Arguing with Jesus has been tried by probably every one of us in here at some point. Anybody ever won an argument with Jesus or felt like you did? Well, I never have. The woman said, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where are you going to get this living water? That's what that means. From whence then hast thou lit that living water? 
Are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well? And drink thereof himself and his children and his cattle. She was questioning his power. He's questioning his authority, his greatness. Jesus answered and said unto her, Yeah, I'm greater than... No, he didn't say that, did he? He said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Now, this is going to get really interesting from verse 16. So we'll save that for a little bit. Well, actually, we'll save that for a week (laughs) because of the clock back there. But for the remaining two minutes that I have, Uh, what is Jesus talking about when he says whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst what's it mean Lynn Uh, God takes care of the birds don't he what's it mean when he says I shall never thirst Jerry what is it talking about it strikes me as salvation because once, once you're saved, that's it. You're done. Well, you're done, but I have to believe you. As far as I know, everyone in here says they're saved. Well, don't you thirst after the Lord's knowledge of him and the gain knowledge and closer to him? Well, that's the that's point. What I'm going to ask you is, is do you thirst? Yeah. 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 Well, the Bible says if you drink the water that Jesus gives you, you'll never thirst. That's why I ask you. Well, we're saying we don't know. But you won't thirst because you'll always have the Word of God with you. You believe in God. You trust in God. He is always there with you. All right. How does that keep... Lisa? Christ is the living water. And once you're saved, then you are thirsty for that. Anything to fill that hole in your heart because you have the Holy Spirit. Okay. so, So what's it mean when he says... Thou shalt never thirst. He's obviously not talking about never needing another drink of water. That's pretty clear at this point. So what is he talking about? That he's going to meet all your needs? Salvation. He's going to satisfy that vacuum inside of you. Satisfy. There's the word. I think that's the right word. Once you have Jesus... He's enough. He's our portion. Everlasting life. He's enough. Are you you satisfied just having everlasting life? Yes. Sometimes not. (laughs) Well, no. I I know most of you fairly well, and I pretty much guarantee you haven't been satisfied just having everlasting life. But Jesus is still enough. Every good thing comes from him. Every good thing comes from him. 